Shake that juice. Shake that juice. This is going to be a cool one. Editing, and you'll be like, why isn't anybody talking? It'll just be easier this way. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Everybody get it out now. <sighs> I can taste those Rockies. I got the fever for the flavor of the Blue Mountains. <sighs> Yinling Oktoberfest 2022. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Dole, sunshine for all. One hundred percent pineapple yeah. juice. I'm hitting the hard stuff. Today. <laughs> what are we all drinking? Refresh, recycle, repeat. Please recycle. All right. Please recycle. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm Andy Treffenbach. That was weird. My- <laughs> I'm Niles Maddox. I'm Rin Maddox. <laughs> I'm the ghost I'm- of Rin. <laughs> Ghoulish Jeremy Jones. Oh, fuck. That's what we should do. No. 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 Oh. Don't make it a thing. Just you don't want to make yeah. it a Treehouse of Horror tribute. <sighs> no. It's August. I know how we could tribute Treehouse of Horror. Hint, hint. Okay. That's No, seriously. Just, it's just a small hint. <sighs> okay. Don't stop yelling at me. No anyway, hello, welcome. So, uh, we are a podcast where we're just a whole bunch of friends that get around the campfire in the microphones and talk about horror movies. This episode, we're talking about Skinamarink. This is a film that I think all of us have been kind of waiting to talk about for a while. And to sort of tie in with the Blu ray release, we're a little late, but hopefully, you all have gotten the Blu ray release that liked the film because this is also a very divisive film as I'm sure we've found out after talking about it to people uh, we I, I think I've seen the whole spectrum of people that absolutely hate it and people that absolutely love it and that's I can always under, interesting to I me I can understand anyway. honestly yeah well we'll get into it when we get into it so uh, if you want to support us for free, all you have to do is go to support.destroythebrain.com. There you can find all of our social media links, uh, where you can find us on Letterboxd as well. Letterboxd.com slash destroythebrain. We have a HQ page out there, and the latest list that we've created is our Horror Trivia Night list. So if you played, or maybe you didn't play in July and you wonder hey, what movies are they asking questions about? You can go to that list and actually get all the films that we are referencing in the whole game. I think it's like 70. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 70 films. Which you would think it'd be more. Well, I didn't put the non-genre stuff. Okay. So I just put all the genre stuff that people would be interested in. So I would recommend that you at least check most of those movies out because... Full disclosure, sometimes we mine from the same movies. We'll come up with different trivia questions or different ways to ask a question. So, um, yeah. Either way, 70 films that you could watch right now just by following that list. And again, letterbox.com slash destroythebrain and support.destroythebrain.com. Okay. I think that's pretty much most of everything. Uh, Let's get into our first section, which is previously known as... I'm just going to officially announce it here. 
previously known as what we've been watching, we're going to name it Previously Viewed. Doesn't that make sense? Okay. It does. Yeah, Previously Viewed. Okay, Niles, what's the first movie in your Previously Viewed section? What if they renamed Hereditary Treehouse of Horror? Because I think that'd be a good name for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely the end. Or I, I was holding on to that the entire time. You could intro. have like a little ID indent yeah. of like Treehouse of Horror will continue or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like right at the end of Hereditary. Yes. That would be great. No, that's it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, since the last time we spoke, I did some diligence and watched some things that I had been missing out on seeing. And one of them was finishing up the Halloween franchise. I actually passed on it during Halloween season. I heard mixed reviews. Uh, I think Letterboxd average score for it is about 2.1. So I didn't really... I didn't, you, you're talking about this trilogy. This The w- end of it. No, no, no. Okay. Halloween ends. Okay. But yeah, it was one of those things that when it came out and everyone was watching, I mean, I think I watched most of the Halloween October releases, like the Monsters, things like that. Yeah. You know, but that was the one that I just... I didn't hear anything good about it but <laughs> yeah so then i was just like i'll get to it and that was now so i got to it uh so i'll actually not be talking about halloween ends right now i'll be talking about how i led up to watching halloween ends which is re-watching halloween kills the director's cut on okay Blu-ray. we are the survivors of michael myers glory what do we do we fight mom our family will kill him we're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line. Till Michael's childhood home. Someone's in our house. Let's talk about a lead in. Wow. Ooh, so wow. so the first film is director uh David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green's Halloween Dude. Kills. Halloween Kills. I rewatched this film, and I saw the last time I saw it, I saw it in theaters. I bought my copy afterwards because I think at the end of the day, the first watch I had, I was very impressed by how brutal it is still. David Gordon Green's Michael Myers is nasty. He does some horrible things to He's people. a nasty boy. And I dig it. I dig Especially it. Especially in the beginning of that one. I am, I am very happy with that direction. It makes him terrifying. And so much so that it's, it doesn't feel like a slasher. It feels real. It feels very real. Um, and that's, it's a different vibe um, compared to most slashers that come out nowadays. Right. Um, Cause they're either an homage to old slasher feelings or, you know, whatever, trying to be too uh, smart for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Watched uh, the second rewatch. I, I, uh, or the rewatch was just completely turned the tables of my thoughts of it. I couldn't oh, really. I, I could not tell you what was different in this at versus the first time I watched it in theater. Okay. But I will say, whatever they added or what was cut from it gave all the ridiculous things that I hated about the movie, like the, yeah. you know, let's be honest, the, it's, commentary on the insurrection and there's like or just the way that we as a society can mob culture right mm-hmm. we can just see something that's been we've been told a misconception or something and we just attack it right without really truly thinking because we want to have a resolve to the feeling of fear or resolve the feeling of yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Impending doom. Impending doom. Do you know how many minutes were like <clears throat> at, or the difference in the running time? I don't. 
I didn't do any research. I just I saw well, literally. I, I don't think it was much, but then again, like ten minutes maybe. I felt so like maybe that's, that's a, lot. a decent amount. It yeah. was enough to make it not feel as cringy when it came to the hospital scene where everybody's okay. like trampling everyone. <sighs> yeah, because because that, that uh, was my least favorite moments, yep. and it's a big part of the plot. But I think the whole thing is is you watch Halloween, the OG, you know, yeah. the, the re release, and you. you I liked that movie. I didn't wasn't a huge fan of the ending with the doctor who you know makes the old switcheroo. Oh, yeah. The old switcheroo. We'll talk about that later. I'll come back <laughs> to it. Um, but yeah, no, I think overall just adding a couple of the just extra maybe just dull narratives it gives you more context into the characters so that you get a little more understanding of like Tommy Doyle and like how he, f- I honestly feel like his first impression or his experience with Michael as a child yeah. made him feel um, he's overly, overly testosterone driven masculine male now because I felt like he felt like such a victim, small, yeah. defenseless thing when this creature was around first. And you could tell like he's overcompensating it, just in his character. You know, he's the badass with the bat. He's, you know, the guy who's going to get the whole town behind him. And it's like, where did this come from? This but, character. Oh, good. Oh, no, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just where do we think it, it, how much of that is a false front? Mm. Um, You know, it's, you know, you could in some ways draw parallels to the character, to Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Sure. Um, but she was. In terms of preparedness, but yes. then how much of that is just like a front? But I will say this: you know, he, he's he's this character's written to be a the person who dealt with a trauma, and his way of dealing with it was to bulk up, become this. You know, honestly, he's just a very like hardcore figure in. You know, he's the protector of the town, right? So what? I feel like because well, he's like the hero of Haddonfield right. in a weird way. But like why? He's right. The boy because who lives. He, yeah. he survived he's, the babysitter yeah. murders. Right. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, this person was created from time and the time between nineteen seventy eight sure. to now, and this is who he is. So But well, in that that he's the yes. boy that lived. Right. You know, there's no what attention is given to Lindsay because Lindsay's babysitter was killed. Correct. Um, and she was there just as well. She has her moment. I mean, oh, sure, sure. But I'm just saying, like, in that parallel, why? I mean, I know why the where attention is given on, like, oh, well, the Tommy, Tommy lived and Tommy was, you know, so brave and so strong. Well, I mean, if you look at I, I, the version I watched, I don't remember the yeah, first version yeah. show. I will say this. Every single one. So you have the, the four pillars, right? You have the, mm-hmm. the nurse. You have, you know, yes. the, the kid across the street. You have the kid they created to have the the young boy from the, the teenager from the first movie have a dad. And it's the guy from uh, he's in a bunch of Mike Flanagan stuff. Uh, oh, it's Thomas Elliott. Isn't yeah. It? Or what? No, I no. thought it was Robert. Just kidding. Longstreet. He's too old. Yeah, I don't guy. know. I like him. Yeah. Anyways, but like, so you have these four people, and they show his interaction with Michael in 1978, where he gets knocked down, and he yeah. like closes his eyes, but right, Michael doesn't right, kill him. Right. He's created for this movie, yeah. So that they have four people, I guess, uh-huh. and so each one of them has an opportunity 
to face Michael in this movie one on one. And mm-hmm. it's it's like you said, yeah, like why are they focused on time? But every one of them has a moment to stop Michael. Even the nurse, she's like they have the exact same scene where he grabs her hair and like yeah. he rips her hair out. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this second watch, the version I watched, made me feel none of the feelings I had in the first one. I still love Big John, Little John. Obviously, that was the reason I, st- I actually bought the Blu-ray without really not caring for the movie as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Because um, I dug the first one except for the very end. I <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was brutal. And it was... I don't know. I've seen it once. I would rewatch. I would rewatch the direct or watch the like uh, the director's cut. But yeah, I want to rewatch. I didn't really care for kills. It was really. Uh, I took a look at the back of the Blu-ray and it's four minutes, <laughs> which honestly, depending, I mean, it's still a decent yeah chunk. I guess I don't know, or maybe it was just the rewatch. Maybe I okay. I wasn't expecting. Well, I want to say that there's like a couple of extra minutes of the flashback sequence mm-hmm. that's added in and then alternate takes is what I remember They've being added. different in the director's cut but yeah I would like to do a comparison I know yeah. look I know um, you're talking about the Halloween kills but Halloween ends a lot of people were disappointed with well we'll get to that yeah, we'll get to and that. we'll get to that um, but yeah I, I really I thought Halloween kills is bloated for sure but I think it's a really good middle in in the David Gordon Green trilogy part. Yep. So, cool. Yep. All right, Rin, what do you got? We did a rewatch recently of 2002's Cabin Fever because it's summer. Oh. And, you know, oh. we, do, we do some stuff in the woods. So we like to be a little themed with what we watch from time to time. Um, this might shock you, but it's about some college kids what? who are going out to a cabin. What? I don't know. <laughs> you know things are going to go well just with the way it starts. I feel nauseous. Well, it's not funny. <laughs> Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me. You're You guys going to kill each other now? You don't look so hot. Help me. I need, I need a doctor. I don't want to get sick. I don't want any of us getting sick. We just don't want to get it. <laughs> Niles, you look like you wanted to say something. I I would say this. Do we have proof that all of these kids are in college? Because no. I'm pretty sure the dude with the FU hat it does not go to college. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty they are young right. adults. Mom goes to college. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to get too into it, but they do something bad. They accidentally shoot a man because uh, he is sick and scary, and that means that they should kill him. Um, They realize they've done something wrong. They abandon him. They pull a, I know what you did last summer, Mm. and just pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, that always turns out great. Right. Um you know, the kids are partying. They're having a good time. There's a lot of focus every time somebody drinks water. Yeah. And yeah. so you're immediately just like, hmm, like huh. what's wrong with the water? Is everybody just being roofied? What's going to happen? I have not seen this movie in so long. Dude. It's a I... good one. It it gives you a lot of flashbacks to what it was like Um early pandemic honestly yeah because there is panic i was very interested in watching this 
around 2020 whenever we were in quarantine because that's you know I I don't know if anybody else was like this but whenever that first hit it's like I started feeling oh should I should I watch or avoid movies that feel like like in that pandemic is happening do I watch like Invasion of the Body Snatchers do I watch Cabin Fever and I chose not to. I mean, I stopped reading The Stand, so I, <laughs> yeah. I get you. I, uh, yeah. I, I guess I went the opposite. The oh, last you went night, full on. Exposure uh, therapy. Normal. I did a double feature of Outbreak and Resident Evil Apocalypse. Stop. Did you I also did watch 28 Outbreak. Days Later? I did not, but then the next night I did um, Dr. Giggles and uh, what's the Fat Boys movie? Disorderlies. <laughs> As the fat boys are for the, in the medical TV for the medical you know medical community, and then I watched the stand also. So I had uh, yeah things were things were <laughs> things were weird. But anyway, M O O N that spells cabin fever pancakes. <laughs> um, I did rewatch Cabin Fever a couple of years ago for a friend's blog that he does. It's called Unfair Compare, where he takes like a movie and a remake. Okay. Yeah, because um, this was remade. Yes, <sighs> because of the rights owners thought they could, well, there they was still mine. There. there was so there was the sequel, then the yeah. prequel. And oh my like, god, I didn't know all of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen the second one, and I was obviously it wasn't very good. So I've seen it was Cabin Fever, and then Cabin Fever Two, which most people are notoriously known f- for that movie as Ty West's. Like oh, abandoned I see. project. Yeah, yeah. Like he directed it, but then the producer, I think, went in and like did some other undermining direction. Yikes! And like edited, I think, without his yeah. input. Yeah, that's um, like, and it became like Ty West is like, this is not my movie anymore. No. Um, but I think it's still an interesting watch because you can definitely see his kind of segments. I, I feel like he was that unique of a voice that it, it peeks through. Um, but then there's. Cabin Fever, Patient, Patient Zero. Yeah. Oh, my God. With uh, Sean Astin, I believe. Really? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Frodo, you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never saw it. I just know it's out there. And then this remake, which I want to say is... I think it was 2013. Isn't um, the director like so one of those one name The director directors? doesn't matter because they literally took Eli Roth's script from the first movie and, right. and made it. shot that. They changed... A couple, I mean, they took out basically anything that could be offensive, like the stuff in the in the shop. In the shop, yeah. Uh, no, that's so good, though. But I know. I I get. I get that it is a very hard joke in the beginning when they are in the general store. But the ending of certain words absolutely payoff. Right, the payoff at the end really just makes you think about how judgmental these college kids are. And then it makes you think about like how judgmental am I myself for just like (laughs) not seeking context for what people are saying and just assuming right and not verifying. Right, right. It's it's interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of social I, social things. Um, do they do they take the out the uh, non consent that happens? Fuck. Yeah, in the movie where there's you know, it's definitely it's what's one his of those face movies. from Boy Meets World just yeah. It's one of those. What movies are you talking about? Oh, you she's, what? Well, she's into that. They saw uh, her face. You saw her moaning oh, because yeah, she was, was fingering God. her leg gash. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. Niles Maddox. 
No, no, she was like, seriously, Rin, tell them. She's conscious. She's making noises. Okay, I know what CNC is, and this was not that, okay? Have you ever seen straw dogs? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Come on. Everybody calm down. I know what consensual non-consent is. Oh, this geez. was not that. She had a fever. And, and a and fever was, for the flavor? Yeah, she had a fever for the flavor, <laughs> and only Sean could get the fangies into the meat hole. Like, I don't know. He said, do you think I can get a little finger? Sticky, sticky. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> this is going wow. off the Wow, that's a hard edit. Whoa, no. Have you guys not heard the song? Yeah. I guess not. No. Fever of the Flavor? No. You've I never the heard this song? I don't know. Booyah. Maybe. I got the fever for the flavor and the booyah. No. Do you think that no. I could get some jiggy jiggy? Just a little bit of finger, sticky oh. sticky. You might let your cool little bow flavor. I got to do you till the next song says ya. And can I get a little zip zip? Looky looky. Maybe just a little uh uh. Looky looky. The new topic is hot action cops. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you know this song? Fever for the flavor. <laughs> So anyway, I anyway. assume Cabin Fever was a recommended rewatch. I really enjoyed it, watching yeah. it again. I think it's fun to watch in the summertime along with uh, Cabin in the Woods and Tucker and Dale just because it's, you know, Weekend gory. Getaway. It's gory. <laughs> There's a cabin, but it's also funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's a, I think that's a thing that threw people off whenever that movie first came out like Eli Ross original movie when that came out it it premiered at Toronto International Film Festival and there was ties to David Lynch because he worked for David Lynch for a long period of time and that's why Angelo Badalamenti did the score for Gavin Fever who's the guy who did the Twin Peaks theme and also Nightmare on Elm Street 3 anyway um when that got picked up by Lionsgate and Lionsgate is like, yeah, we're just going to put this on a wide release come around. Like, I want to say it was Halloween time. It was fall because I yeah. saw it in theaters. I did too. And I did not because I was nine. No, and shut, I, 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 <laughs> shut the fuck up, <laughs> young blood. Uh, no, you were 10. You were 10. Yeah. 93? No. 2003. I was born in 93. Oh, wait. This Cabin Fever was 2002. Yeah, but what it got theatrical got the wide release, release in the fall of 2003. Oh. Yeah. 2002. Oh. oh thank Toronto International thank Film Festival. Anyway. So your parents could have taken you yeah. at 10. Yeah. I mean, they had <laughs> like, zero discretion we? for what I watched, honestly. <laughs> but um i remember watching this and people thought it was just going to be a straightforward horror movie so the humor when that popped in people didn't know what to expect and by the time you got to the pancake scene Mm. they were like what what the fuck is happening and yeah i really do want to do a rewatch now you got me well yeah it's a good movie i'll say this it's a rare movie it is a two early 2000s gem Right, there's not a lot of them. Most of them either got too CGI'd out and then ended up looking like garbage, or yeah. you know, like I just think it's a solid movie. And I'll be honest, it's such a shame to me because I really wish that you know make Eli Roth funny again. Um, I don't know. Put he that just on a red. I'll hat. be honest, like <laughs> I wa- I was so excited for his next film, and I remember watching Thanksgiving. Hot- Thanksgiving. It's like Thanksgiving. No, Thanksgiving. <laughs> nice He's making bitch. the. The feature film. It's coming out oh, this nice. year. Oh, nice. That'll be great then. 
great. I'm excited. But yeah, watching Hostel, the next film, I was like, oh, oh yeah. that's different. God, this doesn't have the uh, charm of the first one, you know? <laughs> what was it that we watched that had the same character between two films? What was it? Oh. Ooh. Am I making something up? I remember seeing the dude with the dog. That, yeah, he's in also, he's in oh, 2001. 2001 Maniacs. That's it, yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. watched both of those. Like, and he shows together. up. Dr. Mongo shows up. Dr. Uh, Mongo. Yeah. That's right. And he's like, let's smoke some doobies. And then he shows up in 2001. He's just hanging out. Yeah. Wow. It's really. I sh- forgot about that. Another gym from the early 2000s. 2001 Maniacs. Oh, was good. I yeah. love that movie. Everyone. But we're not covering that today. We're not yeah, covering No, we're not. Yeah. I had a first time watch of 1998. The Curve. If you're looking for a few friends to play with. <laughs> Yo, hey, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on? You, uh, you moving in on my girl? Have we got a game for you? Rand, please. You don't touch me. Come on, come on, just chill out, Rand. Phase one complete. No rules. I've told Rand if he keeps treating people like that, somebody's gonna throw him off a cliff or something. That's not a bad idea. I think my roommate might be suicidal. Maybe you could tell me what oh, sign is starring. Also known as Dead Man's Curve. Also known as Dead Man's Curve, starring Matthew Lillard, uh, mm, Michael Burton, Carrie Russell, and Randall Bat- Battenkoff. Uh, it is about Bless you. three roommates, and two of them are sick of the third one, so they decide they're going to kill him oh, to make it look awesome. like a suicide, because if your roommate commits suicide in college... You right. get oh my god a four point I've seen this. No, and so this no. is a different movie. Is it? It's so, the same plot as he'll De- say it. Dead man on campus. Yes. Same oh, year yeah. as well. Oh yeah. my god. Um, yeah. I'm assuming I it's don't... a much darker turn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. How did you watch this? Tubi. Okay. I've never even heard of this movie, and I'm so excited. And I love it's Matthew. one of those that is. It's it cashed it got, in on um, Lillard's. It did. It cashed it on like you know from post scream, um, but. It is. It gets grouped in with kind of the teen slashers, even though it's not. Yeah, it's a completely. Um, it, it's marketed as a teen slasher. It's a college yeah. kids, it's but funny. it's very much like you know soundtrack. Um, oh, Dana Delaney's in it as well. Who? Oh, really? Um, she's the counselor. She was the voice of Lois Lane on mm-hmm. the uh, '90s animated Superman. Okay. Huh. Um. Yeah, it was a really fun movie that I just kind of always seen popped up. I. Part of me feels like there's, I maybe saw it a long time ago with some scenes, like with the lighthouse. Okay. What's the their cliff. age? Like, is this high school kids? So they're college seniors kids? in college. Seniors uh, in college. Main character's trying to get into Harvard, okay. but he's like kind of struggling. Harvard Law. Harvard Law, of Obviously. course. Yeah. Um, they're all trying to, I think, get into Harvard, but so okay. then they're like, man, this guy's a dick. Let's like get rid of him and get, get rid You know, make it look like so they kill him you know by throwing him off the cliff to stage his death yeah so they think but they can't find a body they <laughs> no body no case yeah so sorry that's uh, just like actually shocking. there there's and it's funny because it's like the two of you haven't seen it i don't want to like I, I you've don't literally give described away. the plots of like specific plots of other movies. It's, like I know what you did last summer with Dead Man on Campus is this movie. And that's it is. kind of the blend of this Sounds movie. Sounds fun. Does it take place like in the early fall or like late spring? I, it's a seaside. It town, feels isn't it's, it? it's yeah, it's in Maryland and it's seaside, so yeah. it feels like fall. 
Ooh, maybe uh, are they at the a, beginning of the fall semester? Like, what are you <laughs> like I just want to plan my watch. You know, well, we need to get the seasonality. Right. Is it Castle Rock okay. from Needful Things kind of weather? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> or, or even I know what you did last summer kind of weather. Like yeah. that's July. It, I what? know, but that's but yeah, but I mean, like it's still like a fest. seaside town. Clam like, does it feel like I don't know? <laughs> Clam fest. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I want to be the clam we're still queen. Talking about cabin fever. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Cool. Anyway, uh, so this very so, and I'm I wonder because it's not out on like Blu-ray yet because they license some songs. I'm wondering if they can't get. Oh, uh, fuck. I mean, I'm sure they use Bella Lugosi's "Dead" twice in it because they Ooh. were like, "We're paying for that. We're using it." Oh, yeah. Did they use it twice or did they just use like two halves of the <laughs> song? <laughs> the song's like eight minutes. Well, let me guess. The, if if I remember correctly, this is like one of those weird. Trimark production, yeah, um, or Trimark picked it up, yeah, and then so I think technically that's owned by Lionsgate now. It is, uh, Vestron Video, and it like I think premiered on cable or like show. It got Uh, picked up. It is weird. Um, from what I remember, because I actually followed this film uh, to show my age, I was reading Fangoria, and it was called Dead Man's Curve. Yes, and uh. Yeah, Trimark was going to put it out, and it ran into complications with that. They knocked it off as Dead Man's Curve as the curve. Well, that's also because Dead Man on Campus was coming out, right? So they're and, like, and very similar, very points. similar plot points. So they had to differentiate, and it came out, and it didn't. You know, I mean, I think it only came out in a few theaters, to be honest with you. And then I believe, if it didn't come out on um, cable. It may have been a direct video. I saw That's like on IMDb, it was at least a like air date, quote okay. unquote. But I, right. it had to have been or TBS. It I, I wasn't feel like, like maybe it TBS was... because they left all the language. So in So you there. think it's Showtime? I think it's one of those. That, like, that might be right. Is it better than Urban Legend? Urban Legend's well, a slasher, and oh. like this, this is, is more of a thriller. It. Yeah, it's more of a thriller. I like that. Yes. And so I wasn't I didn't sure, know. You, you didn't say what happened to this body, so I assume oh. maybe he came back and just started well, like, they, fucking people. They try up. to make it look... <laughs> so, you know, they write a, su- a, su- a fake suicide note for him. Yeah, yeah, So they try to make it look like they feed him a bunch of alcohol uh-huh. where they're, like, kind of not drink. you know, pretending yeah. they're drinking, and then they, like, kind of, whoop, like, <laughs> don't get too close to the edge. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. That's brutal. It's like the skulls. Like a, like a uh, You know what? It kind of... Like it's that like, kind of a thriller, right? Urban Legend, I want to say Urban Legend in terms of like the, oh, well, you get this 4.0 if you kill me, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. skulls, where it's like, well, what's really going on? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It did give me some skulls I'm just naming vibes. a bunch of in those a good way. Like, around that time period. Red. And you said you watched I that watched on Tubi. I watched it on Tubi. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, my first movie, so I got my Vinegar Syndrome order in for- halfway to Black Friday, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be good. I'm going to start watching some of this shit. Uh, so last episode, I talked about Villages from the Damned, yeah. uh, one of the entries in there. I decided that I would probably, I still haven't watched the other two. I'll, I'll get to them eventually. But I watched the 4K UHD of Uli Lamel's The Boogeyman. Oh, really? When you were a child, did they warn you about The Boogeyman? You're not going to scare me. It had its own power. The Boogeyman. Now, the most 
terrifying nightmare of childhood returns. By the time they believe it, it'll be too late. The Boogeyman. Rated R. It's a movie that, like, I know all the history behind it with a video nasty. Um, it was, you know, essentially illegal in the UK. I remember the trailer. The trailer's cut so well. It's one of those classic kind of 80s horror trailers. Yeah. And it looks a lot more wilder than what it really is. Yes. But um, it's a movie that I thought I've... I had seen and I'm just going to say like I definitely remember renting it because I was just renting every horror movie under the sun mm-hmm. and I, I do remember some of the key moments of the movie I'm like oh okay I've seen this before but like shittier because I'm watching you yeah. know a 4k version yeah, yeah. of this movie um, but I kind of forgot how the structure works so it was really cool watching it I I'll be honest when I started it I thought I was going to be very disappointed with this film because I'm like I think it's just known for the nor like just being um like there's a scene of questionable value in there in, Ooh, in that movie we'll that makes it a video nasty yeah um and it, it, I guess there is but there's really not it's more of like religion and like here's here's the best thing that I can tell you about it it starts off as a Halloween ripoff in a weird way yeah and then it just takes a sharp fucking right turn and turns into a possession story Mm. and as a possession story this movie fucking rules I think uh it's a lot of fun um Uli uh, Uli Lamel I think is how you pronounce it um Mm mm-hmm He's a German, like, jack-of-all-trades, mainly a director uh, who made a lot of films. The Devonsville Terror is one of them that Vinegar Syndrome's yeah. put out. Um, and I believe he's still working today. Um, I know he's had recent projects, but there's also The Boogeyman and Boogeyman 2, which Boogeyman 2 is not I do remember that. Boogeyman is dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Boogeyman, uh, it's a really, really good mo- Oh, yeah. He definitely did. Uh, DC Sniper. Oh, yeah. I remember when he, he loves doing, like, because he did a BTK movie as well. Yeah. no, I, He's still working, it looks like, unless he's passed away. I bought this 13 or 14 years ago. At, like, oh, he did pass um, away in 2017. Jesus. Uh, Big Lots. Okay. Um, Was it the 4K version? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for a dollar. (laughs) For a dollar. No, I I like it. Isn't the streaming on Shudder? I swear I saw it. I I believe it is. I believe it is. Uh, Maybe. I I was just um, on it last night. Again, you know, we'll have all the links to Um, where you can watch it. I mean, what is, you know, the star of the movie is the score. The score Um, is is amazing. I listened to that a lot really yeah yeah and i forget who the composer is as do i but it is outstanding in terms of early like 80 cent well yeah i mean if it's the same one that's on i assume there's probably a hundred movies with that same name so well yeah there's that one with that older brother from seventh right so the composer's name fucking loved seven (laughs) seven seven as a kid which is so funny because think of who i am yes no it doesn't oh, make any sense. I won't think of you. We don't need to go there. 
That makes no sense. So the composer is Tim Krog. I don't know. Mm. It, it's, oh, Krog Dog. Yeah, Krog Dog, bro. <laughs> I got that Krog in me. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, this film is a treat, I think. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. And maybe it's because I went in with very low expectations. Sure, I would love to, you know, revisit it. Um, but I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be honest, maybe it might be making it. Oh, it's that good, huh? Some, sometime. That'd be cool. Sometime wow. soon. Wow. Maybe I'll hold off from watching it. Yeah, wow. yeah, maybe you should. Okay. Hold off from watching. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe you should. Maybe he will. Maybe I will. But yeah, the Boogeyman is available through Vinegar Syndrome, through 4K and Blu-ray. All right. So to follow up, watching Halloween Kills, I actually watched what I was intending <laughs> on watching, which was Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. First time watch, yep. again, I uh, skipped it on purpose, and I'm really, really, really glad I did, because really? <laughs> I got to watch it when I am the absolute hungriest for Halloween atmosphere. Ooh. I am, I was, didn't know this about myself, but if I watch a Halloween movie in August, ooh. Uh, I kind of Does felt- that get you in the mood? It's like- oh, yeah. I think if I would have watched yeah. it around all, all of the hundreds of other Halloween Ooh. movies I'm watching, uh-huh. yes. that would have just gone right in the mix. It probably would have done nothing for me, and I would have just moved forward. I know what you mean about like wanting in August wanting to watch a Halloween movie, because I kept meaning to watch Sleepaway Camp 2, and I was like, what if I watch Night of the Demons? Like, I was like, why do I want to watch that? It's hot as balls out, but... That Halloween itch, baby. I, I I don't know. So, whatever combination I did, which was yeah. skipping watching the first one because I've already seen it like three mm-hmm. times, rewatching and rewatching the director's cut of Kills, and then following up like right after it with the third one. It it was exactly what was intended. I also had previously been watching. We've been binging. Uh, Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. So I've been watching David Gordon Green stuff that's not obviously not the same, but his stuff I've been watching. That's actually a really interesting way to do it. It's like, well, I didn't intend to, but I was like, I was watching this and I'm like, you know what? I still haven't seen Halloween Ends. We brought it up on the last podcast and everybody was like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Or it's good. I heard, I think Patrick said it's good. You said it was okay. I I, think or something. I think it's, I think it's good but it takes a very radical direction correct and that's something i like about the movie and that's also something i appreciate honestly before niles popped this on yesterday i was like fuck i don't want to watch another (laughs) halloween (laughs) like they're all kind of the same and this one wasn't no my opinion (laughs) it's the halloween (laughs) is that is that yes for the yes i would say the first time since the 90s since the thorn trilogy or whatever they tried to incorporate something totally different into the franchise and this totally different thing is something that is obviously been done in other franchises at an earlier stage the you know is this person possessed by the entity like nightmare on elm street 2 you know is it is this person being controlled is this person being influenced what's going on there basically halloween ends is about a young man who has unfortunately run into some mistakes 
accidentally. And he ends up killing a child. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. Moving forward, it plays into the theme of Halloween kill or, yeah, Halloween kills that because the curse of Michael Myers is not the fact that Michael Myers comes back to this town to hunt Lori every whatever. It, mm-hmm. The curse of Michael Myers is that it turns a town on itself and turns it evil. And yeah. that evil yeah. flourishes and it keeps flourishing. And this is what has happened. It happened to the people of the town in the last one. And now it's happened to the single individual because the town has turned against this boy because of the accident and caused him to be the way. Now, the question I had during the entire thing is what happened to Michael Myers previous prior to being six years old that influenced him to become to basically and be embodied by this evil presence that it mm-hmm. engulfed him right mm-hmm. right it's very interesting and it makes me think like you could do something really cool with that i mean it could be simple as you know you can make it an actual possession type thing where is michael an actual demon is yeah. he actually possessed by an <clears throat> evil entity yeah why not you could go those ways i'm just saying it makes it more interesting than michael shows up to town again Cops can't handle him. Maybe the townspeople try. It right. seemed like the last time they were trying, at least, before they were just hiding in their houses. So at least last time yeah, they stood yeah. up for themselves. But I will say <laughs> this. It is a very... I am happy to say that I think this is a tight trilogy. It also makes me like the ending of the first movie that I hated so much because I watched Michael influence somebody else. He oh, influenced okay, the doctor okay. in the first one, yeah. got him on his side to help him. Why? How? Didn't make any sense to me. But then I watched him do it to a boy who was struggling with his own issues and trying to fit in and just be and watching people around him just, you know, ruin him. And yeah, so it made every everything about it just it was it's a deeper context on the, the fact of evil and society and like how we can just let that flourish to the point where it causes us to make our own monsters. You know? Well, yeah, I think that's part Hell of yeah. the theme, right? Good point. So, yeah, yeah, I really dug this franchise. I think he, I do think this. You was, like this trilogy. I like the trilogy. I think it was well thought out. I think it is different. I think that, and it's not just aesthetically different. It's not like Rob Zombie just like throwing a trailer park in the mix, you know? <laughs> like, it's not that. It's not the Thorn trilogy where it goes kind of a little off the rails and also, you know, 90s schlock a little bit. But I think this is treats itself seriously it has lots of funny moments it's well written at times and i i don't think it's perfect but i do think it's very no, entertaining I, and it makes yeah. sense that's the thing that i like about it it, it's, it ties itself up with a bow and it brings up some things that for me in previous halloween movies they never wanted to explore like halloween five you're telling me a year later after this girl's uncle came back to town 10 years after this horrible night, tries to kill her. They're she's nonverbal, and they are making her dress up for fucking Halloween. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right. Where is like any of the processing in that? Right. Like, I Jesus. Uh, I would say so for this movie in particular. The biggest theme that I think me and Ren both agreed on, and it it felt kind of horrible because I think we both have been in very toxic relationships and watching, Ugh. watching. <laughs> Watching the granddaughter. Current day? I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know okay. where he was going. Like, his I, I forgot, his, I forgot yes. Lori's granddaughter's name, but uh, uh, that's fine. Grandmother. That, her mom's name was Karen. Fuck. What was her name? Anyways. Oh well. Her character. Allie? It's Strode. it's really what? Allison. 
Is it Allison? It's Allison. Allison Strode, isn't okay, it? Okay, I hey, believe you. look at me. We'll say Allison. We're just making Fine. it up. Somebody's yelling at us. Old Allie it's Strode. Right. I'm Googling. Sorry, guys. Anyways, the relationship between as, let's be honest, the new Michael Myers yeah. or the <laughs> Michael Myers Jr. <laughs> MMJ. MMJ. The relationship between them is her needing something. Out, yeah. out of life, yes. out of out of love, out of attention, out of whatever, to get away from her past, and then finds this boy who's also lost. And, yeah. and that's common. That's common. It's teenage love. It's high school oh, love. Sure. It's definitely college. It gets into that. But I think it's watching their relationship and how they support each other into the negative. Like watch them because they don't separate. It yes. gets worse and worse and worse yeah. until. It is what it is, you know, and, and, you know, they, they come to realize that, you know, he's actually a monster and you can't actually love a monster. Like you can so triggered right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I'm just saying like, mom, you don't understand. He's gone all this horrid stuff. Yes. He did this horrible thing. Yes. He did this other horrible thing, but you don't understand. You don't understand. And then all of a sudden you're like, she's given the truth that he murdered this person, this person. She automatically goes, oh my God. No, I had no idea. Like, it's like. Yeah. So her name is Allison, by the way. Last cool. name is not Strode because her mother was me. Yeah. Oh, right. Because they changed. Yeah. I got because they changed. Right. No, yeah. because they changed. It's not traditional. You could change. Right, people to take on. The I could change. Maybe we all could change. But yeah, I would suggest if you if you. I think what was interesting is that Lori kind of pushed the relationship from the she beginning. She did. Yeah, because she, she was did. like, oh, you're both misunderstood. You guys right. might be able to understand each Ellen other. Ellen and Misfit Toys. Yeah. Right. And, and it was like, at the beginning, there was hope because, you know, kids aren't bad. Kids aren't born bad, right? Yeah. It's the way we we deal with things that happen to us as we grow up. I like. So Lori saw the good in him. Sure. But unfortunately, yes. the wrong person got a hold of this boy. Well, and there was mom- there's him. moments in the previous. I mean, it's hard to not kids. pull out imagery in your brain from other Halloween movies because you know how they've excluded so many of them. But there's those memories are still in my brain. I well, watched all those movies. So that was my issue with the first David Gordon Green one is you have to I have, I have to, to pretend there aren't 40 years of previous sequels. And but I can't do that. One of the common traits and and it's why I see the connection of the boyfriend girlfriend in this let's be honest between Lori and Michael similar situations not that there's any love interest at one point in time yeah. they tried to make like a brother sister or like family relationship connection right in the 90s isn't that what they were trying to imply thank the god they chopped that off 80s. yeah but I'm just saying like part two there were moments where Lori would stop she would pause she would see the humanity yeah. of Michael and that was like we knew as the audience he's coming right back like normal but that's similar to what this was what was happening in this film too but anyways all right that's all i have to say about it i would say if you haven't watched it as a i would watch it as a uh, at least the last two kills and ends next to each other it's nice and i wish i would have watched halloween like all three of them together but i think the first one and the second one are just one movie basically yeah yeah and i i feel like it Somebody out there could make this mega, mega edit movie. Yeah. For it's it. But here's the funny movie. thing is I know I said that prior to the latest entry. Yeah. And now with the latest entry, I don't know if it would work. No. Well, and, and I jumps. mean it would to a point. And cheers to the ability to turn this stuff around so quick. Like that it has to be a little bit impressive that yeah. this all got done within this span of time during horrible 
you know, it was a hard time to film, you know, when they were making all this, right? Like 19 to sure. 22. No, they were thrown off by it. Right. So I'm just impressed they were able to complete it all. Yeah. And it's, I mean, as I said, I don't think it's perfect, but it's good. Yeah. I think it's at least interesting. So, and I would much rather see something different. And again, I, I versus also, the same shit. Yeah, it's it is different, and I will say. I also that, think that they paid tribute to what we've seen before oh, in yeah. that franchise, like the Thorn thing. That that that's the same mythology. That's the same structure. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, the evil is passing on. It's mm-hmm. just done in a more kind of well, emotional or right. personal way, logical way. Yeah, yeah, logical. I it's guess not, uh, it's not, not so magical. Super, it's yeah. it's about a supernatural thing, but it's not presented as such. Right. It's presented as a force of nature, which, again, that's what Michael Myers is supposed to be. So, yeah. Cool. Fuck yeah. Talking about David Gordon Green's Halloween. <laughs> All right, Rin, what we got? Okay, we did a rewatch of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is a 1962 film. Uh, it starts out with a child star who I think is a fucking nightmare. She is (laughs) blonde and everything that is like baby doll. Um, She has a stage act with her father where he plays music and she sings a horrendous song that goes something along the lines of, I've written a letter to daddy. His address is half in a ball. And it goes on. Um, it doesn't oh get better. Uh, there's uh, something even worse than the song and the outfit that this child wears. And it is a life-size replica doll that apparently people wanted. Um, they were a big collector's piece. Fucking terrifying. Scariest thing I've ever seen. And I've seen like the life-size Barbies. And those were dope. <laughs> those were dope as shit. Okay. This thing <laughs> is scary. Um, the young girl has an older sister who is brunette. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so obviously she's loved less because she's not a cute little blonde haired baby doll. True. The mom tells the daughter, the blonde, not the blonde daughter. The brunette daughter, the older sister. One day your day will come. Your sister's shitty, but one day your day will come and people will notice how great you are because even though you're brunette, unfortunately, someday someone will like you. That was the general (laughs) beginning of the movie. The brunette sister then does gain some fame in the film industry, which pushes the baby Jane character kind of to the back. She's a brat. Her older sister tries her best to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Things are tenuous. There is an accident one night. You don't see what happens. And then we flash forward like 40 years or so, would you say? Yeah. It's about right. About 40 years. 34 years. Sure. Somewhere around there, yes. Somewhere around there. They are mature. I would say, I would say maybe 20 years or less. They are mature women. Yes. Sure. They've had careers. Yes, they've had their careers. And... Now, the younger sister, Jane, is taking care of the older sister, who is, we assume, paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare, because it's Betty Davis, and she yes. is just terrifying. <laughs> like, she is so intense, and she's um, taking care of her sister, but also terrifying her sister to the point where she doesn't want to eat. She can't talk to anybody outside of the house. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's- 
it's a great movie yeah uh, she goes from being a caretaker to being like a warden pretty quickly well and you kind of figure like that's you know maybe she started out as caretaker but over the years has over bittered. the years realized like what well, i mean multiple re- the jealousy of the, she's not a star anymore she has to you know she has one completely dependent on her and she's like well she's also gonna... hitting the sauce pretty hard <laughs> yeah uh but she's gonna treat her the way she can because she knows she can also get away with it yes andy i have not seen this movie oh. what ever in oh like 20 plus years. okay okay i'm gonna rewatch it it's fine. I, I saw this movie when I was young yeah. because my mom really liked this I movie. I bet she did. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, oh, it's a crazy movie. Yeah. This is one my mom also was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, my mother put me on this as well. Yeah. So Niles put me on this. I yeah. want to say maybe we had a DVD of it. I'm trying to remember. That's why I was fiddling around with my phone behind the scenes there. Uh, but... I just actually ordered it on Blu-ray, so I'm going to <laughs> fucking Christ. watch this very you soon. You know, you could borrow mine. It's fine. Nope, nope. Yeah. Have you seen it in 20 years? Gotta buy it. You should own it. It's worth owning. Well, I'm the baby. I think it's worth blind somebody, buying. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. What's the sequel? Um, The bitch is dead. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like a... Either a sequel or a companion piece to Are whatever Are you thinking happened. of Hush Hush Sweets Charlotte? Possibly, Which yeah, is just another Betty movie Davis. with that's just oh, another, it's just Betty, another Davis Betty Davis. Movie. That's movie. also I thought they were connected. No. There is another uh, similar actor in it, Betty Davis, and the man who played her dad versus the piano man. Oh yeah, the actor from um, yes, uh, the famous the actor. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> yes, the famous. He's, He's the the fat guy. Let's be honest. Orson Welles. The no. doughy. The no. doughy. Uh, he actually plays. I'm sorry. In I'm, the Batman series, the 50s Batman, he plays. Oh, Burgess the, Meredith. No, he plays the Pharaoh. I no, believe. he's King Tut. King but Tut. I can't yeah. think of his name that off guy. the top of my head. Yes. Akhenaten. Um, it doesn't you watched, matter. You own the entire series right there. Hold on. That doesn't he's a poser. Okay. First up, first he just up, buys it. He first doesn't watch up, it. I traded some extra sleepaway camps to Patrick for the Batman oh, okay. series. I haven't gone through them all. That, if you've ever seen the show. I have, but I don't remember that one. So okay, That sorry. one, King Tut was a reoccurring character. I don't remember King... Ooh, no, maybe I do. Anyway, let's stop unlocking anyway, So Andy's I brain. feel like this movie does a really Never. good job of showcasing how especially prior to modern day, women could not support each other's success. It could only be a threat to their own. Huh. Huh. I, I mean, one of the things you didn't bring up, I mean, you talked about the accident. The, the reason, so the, the situation is the, the younger actress, Betty Davis, was famous at a young age. She became unfamous and actually be, was only getting gigs because her sister, who was a successful actress, had a deal with, I believe, like Paramount or something of that nature. It was getting her Betty Davis role still. Now they were going to fire her and basically shelving any of the films she was doing at that time. And I believe Betty Davis, the idea is you assume that Betty Davis was driving a vehicle and caused her sister to become paralyzed and ruined her career. Yeah. Well, this was thought of by the sister who is paralyzed, who is Joan Crawford. Let's say the name because that's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Joan Crawford's character basically is paralyzed and being taken care of by Betty Davis because 
and she doesn't want her sister to be charged with her injury. She's yeah, been yeah. living with this guilt her whole life. And, you know, I I think it's one of those things that you have your family members that you have to take care of to a certain point. But then when you what happens is Joan Crawford ends up like deciding she's going to sell the house and and basically because they're almost out of money. Right. She's going to cut Betty Davis out of the equation and she gets help from her nurse to help her basically get out of the situation and ends up kind of making a plan to escape. No, I loved I loved the nurse character in this. I feel like she had a lot of similarities um, to uh, the hired hand in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Okay, where they're both just like writer dies mm-hmm. for their lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just bringing up that character. She's fantastic. Yeah, of course, she is. Of course, since she's so wonderful, she's sent away early on because <laughs> Betty Davis's character knows that she's going to be trouble to her overall goal, which is yeah, because she they live in a two story house even though she's paralyzed, right? And so she can't get down the stairs. She's stuck yeah. in her room. Yeah, I remember this. It makes yeah. no sense to me because no. it's like you have money and you moved like. You could put an elevator. Oh my god! In. I'm so excited to rewatch it. It's this. so good. There's so many things that are so frustrating in the movie, but it's also, you know, it was 1962. So yeah, many people didn't was, care about it, accessibility, it was, and it was normal to just have somebody just live in a single bedroom. Well, I think it was yeah. one of those types of films, and it's great that we kind of opened up with this movie like is it a horror film or not it is absolutely a horror film and when that film came out nobody expected it to be a horror film and when you watch it i mean it's just really it's a horror film because it's kind of more of a thriller but it's just got some really demented twists oh yeah absolutely yeah it's messed up there's messed up stuff that's like said that you don't expect is real and it is real and you're like holy shit right Mm -hmm. and I think that's the horror she serves her a dead bird for I wasn't gonna give it away you know I mean Uh, like you you think about that and uh, this was what 62 63 62 yeah Uh, 62 so uh, currently we actually have Night of the Living Dead playing and it's 1968 so it's prior Night of the Living Dead which is kind of like the prototype for a lot of modern modern horror horror, right Uh, no, this is like fitting uh, because what was Carnival of Souls, 1962 as well? Yes. Yeah. There's a couple of early ones. Bad Seeds, another one that's really old. Yeah. Um, it's like these tinges of. Yeah, where we could go a, with these topics. Let's let's. These aren't popular topics. Let's talk about them. And then we can get more graphic as time goes on. And yeah. That's what's happened. Yes. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I, early I, horror. I am very in- I I cannot wait to rewatch this movie now. I feel like this would pair well with like Psycho. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Well, I'm going to have to look at it because I could have swore there was another no film. No. I think that would be hard to do. Yeah. Because of yeah. how this one ends. Okay. okay. Love the way this one ends. Well, yeah, it don't feels, spoil it. I'm not I can't spoil really remember the ending. the ending. So I just remember feeling like the feeling of helplessness. At the end of the movie, he's thinking of all the Italian ripoffs. Like, look at what they did to your baby Jane. Who could kill a baby Jane? <laughs> Maybe that's what <laughs> I'm your baby Jane of is. is a locked room, and only I have the key. <laughs> Bucket of baby Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Who could kill a baby Jane? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that also leads to um, to torture a baby Jane. A show that I wanted to watch, and I know like Ryan Murphy is a very questionable dude as far as my taste of what I like about horror, but he's definitely been involved in projects that I do appreciate. And one of them is Feud. Have you heard about this? Uh, we, I watched it. Yeah, I want to say you talked about it on the podcast, right? 
that was years ago. I don't know. Was it Some, good? Somebody brought it yeah, up on the podcast. Yeah. And it's about the filming of of this movie. Well, it? it's about the Oh yes, between Joan, Joan Crawford, Crawford and, and Betty oh, Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know I've seen that. About, yeah. I want to yeah. see that. I did see that. Um yeah, whatever happened to Cousin Charlotte was gonna be the follow up, but it was But there isn't one. So yeah, you lie. There's not. That's weird okay. because there's that, hush hush that's sweet Charlotte. Exactly. Oh. And that's why I think that's the tie in. That's why I thought they were sequels. I feel like you're making this up. Yeah, no, okay, I am not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Anyway. Anyways, Jeremy. Oh boy. So another first time watching. Not pairing well with whatever happened to Baby Jane is 1990s Ghoulies 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sharp turn. Uh, Speaking of Betty so Davis. tell me how much you love Tubi. No, so this was actually a movie bag live stream. So this oh, was, uh, hell yeah. The former Moolah Movie Nights crew, Wednesday night stream. Oh, hi, uh, Mark. Yeah. And shockingly, have not seen Ghoulies 3 before. Wow. Really? Yeah. Really? I've never seen any of them. I haven't either, but I'm shocked you haven't seen number three. Dude, Correct. you I... love this stuff. Okay. You love, like, Look, late in, we like, in the series garbage. <laughs> Blind spots. So don't act like like you Wishmaster don't. Four. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no blind spot there, but yeah, <laughs> Urban Harvest. You're being you're about time. I still haven't. I still haven't watched uh, the new Children of the Corn. Everyone says it's just fucking garbage. Yeah, Kurt Wimmer. Uh, wow. anyways, Ghoulies Three is directed by John Carl Beekler. Yeah, yeah. Belleville, Illinois' own. Uh, Which makeup came as a surprise to people playing horror trivia. Yeah. Uh, makeup effects artist turned director did Friday the 13th part 7 The New Blood yeah then went on to Ghoulies 3 uh, versus Jason and so the first two Ghoulies movies are this is the one where they kind of become the protagonist so there is this um, spell to kind of lure them out in this house there's this like decorative toilet now with like skulls and stuff oh, where geez. they come out of <laughs> that's, that's the thing well toilet. all i know about so ghoulies is they come out of they the didn't in the first one <laughs> they did a promo shot with them coming out of the right. toilet and then like when added a scene in the first movie that wasn't in the movie at all oh. they just had this idea Lame. let's have them come out of the toilet because and obvious. that became their signature right. yeah um so flash forward to like present day this guy summons ghoulies they go back um this frat house now has was this like is where this like throne slash toilet is <laughs> and they find the spell book or somebody wrote a comic book based on the spell book right to summon them so right. they summon them at a party and they just run amok on campus <laughs> Ooh, like, amok? yeah kevin mccarthy is this movie the dean. is great um it is I love the type this movie. of college movie that was promised to me as a child. It is just <laughs> like boobs. It, it, there is a ridiculous amount of nudity. Yes. Yes. Lampoons. Nice? There is. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it nice? It's nice. Good. Oh, nice. Cool. We'll add um, it to the list. It is just goofy as fuck. Um, I sure as shit hope this hits Blu-ray soon. Three and four. Because I think that's Vestron. Vest, that's Vestron. Yeah. Come on. I have not seen four. That's the one where they're like played by like small children. Yeah, f- four is not great. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So the puppet, the, the size puppet of the ghoulies in this one are bigger. I would say they're about knee high. 
Are they at least like Jim um, Henson quality wearable puppetry? Uh, no. I mean, they're. I, mean, no? I think they're good. Here's puppets. the thing: is like the the ghoulie design is thematic for the first three. Yeah. And then the fourth one just takes a wild turn in its design. It's it, it's a completely different design. But the ones designed in this one are good. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, the main character is annoying as fuck because he's like a frat boy. And it's prank week at the university. Hell yeah. It's always prank But they week. also keep calling them yanks. Like, oh, I love pulling yanks. And it's like, prank what are yankers. Talking about? <laughs> they like, oh, he's yanks. just yanking you. It's like, oof. Yanking your chain. Um, I think, oh, who shows up? It's the Jason Scott Lee's briefly in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a very silly movie. Great. Lots of hijinks. <laughs> I know. There's <laughs> not. Like, should I watch that before I watch the first? You don't have one? to watch any of them. Okay. Like, you can watch Ghoulies Three. None of them are connected. I on really. Its own. I mean, yeah, because I've done. I've seen Gremlins a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've seen Critters. Uh, I just never. Did the, then the you third, can watch third of the uh, oh yeah, munchies. munchies that's the other one one I'm goody you could watch the the sequel to munchies munchies starring just a singular one voiced by Dom Deloise <laughs> who's dressed yeah. like a greaser Dom Deloise can dress up like anything well, and always be wonderful okay yeah oh you don't know about him what I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I'm I can't anyway yeah, I don't have Dom a ton to say about Google Jesus Dom DeLuise cancelled it was right after All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 no <laughs> <laughs> wow take care of itchy <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah sleepy. so Ghoulies uh, 3 delightful cool no it's not what I, do you no, know I've what do you, you know? told me not to watch any of no, them no I oh, said that's bullshit you don't have none of them are connected no, yeah, you don't have to go in sequence. No, I don't. I would recommend I don't get confused. watching the third one and you just... Trust me, it's fine. <laughs> You'll be okay. You'll get through this. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, you going to talk about Showgirls? No, <laughs> no. Haven't made it to that one, but I will talk about another Vinegar Syndrome release that I got called A Blade in the Dark, which has mm. some of the coolest packaging. Uh, it's over there, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm not going to do that right uh, now because okay, that's going to be great, really good great, uh, great. audio for no, everyone listening. Uh, well, I think y'all would like to appreciate it. So, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. How many versions of this are there? I feel like I've seen a different cover. Twelve. Uh, so there are two versions of this movie. Is that one like a guy there. who's like gray and like with a knife or something? Uh, actually, if you open it up, I think the original, like the OG great. artwork. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Ooh, so the film that we are talking about is A Blade in the Dark, and this is directed by Lamberto Bava. Oh, I said Umberto Lindsay, but I meant yeah, him. you did. Oh wow. Um, Same difference. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Composing music for movies. Interesting. Uh, what are you working on now? Uh, this is a giallo film that I remember seeing in the early 2000s when Anchor Bay put it out. And um, look, I... I love Mario Bava. I love his father so much. He is one of my favorite directors. Lamberto Bava, uh, not so much. Uh, 
I, I, that was offensive. I hate to say it. Feels it. offensive. I hate to say it, but like that's a spicy he's, meatball. He's usually not my cup of tea, um, and I feel so bad. You for don't it. like demons. I fucking Ooh. love demons. So then you do love Lombardo. So I'm telling you my whole outlook here because I do love demons so much. Uh, I think that is an amazing film, but that—that's not, you know, he's not. He's a descendant of his father, and he doesn't carry a lot of the craft that his father had. Because his father... I get it. Mario Bava also borrowed from his father's craft of, like, visual effects Mm -hmm. and lighting and stuff. So he merged that. And I feel... And I'm definitely taking this way too personally, but... I feel like a lot of that was lost with Lamberto Bava. Not saying that Lamberto Bava can't make a good movie. Maybe because Nepo babies aren't always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but people love them. But uh, I like Cronenberg. Here's the thing. Uh, Blade in the Dark. Um, so this is a movie I remember seeing, and I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, when I watched it back in the early 2000s or whatever. So I watched this, and this is a 4K presentation from vinegar syndrome we were passing around the packaging of this thing which Very cool. is also pretty amazing it comes with a booklet it's two cuts of the film you get the theatrical cut um and an extended cut now this extended cut is unique to vinegar syndrome because i think they found like two minutes of extra footage that okay. have never been released before and uh, could I tell you what those two minutes are? Uh, here we go. Disc one is one hundred and nine minute extended Italian TV edit of Blade in the Dark. Okay. So apparently the, this thing aired on Italian TV and um, was a little longer by default. So I think they like snapped it all together. And yeah. That's the version I watched, is the extended version and not the theatrical cut. So this film, if I may, is a kind of second or maybe even third generation copy in parts of Dario Argento's Tenebrae, which is a film that I know Niles and I absolutely love and adore. And that was a year prior to this film. This is from this is 1983. The, what did, well, Lombardo Bava worked under Argento. He did. He did. Um, so this feels like a combination mm-hmm. of Tenebrae and Blowout. Both banner films in my composer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he and, is and a it, composer okay. of, of, of horror films. He's got to do yeah. this horror film. And he likes the genre, I think. Uh, hopefully I'm not mixing it up because I did actually watch Blowout recently too Um, but yeah he gets an offer to go to uh, a a producer's house where he could be completely secluded to work on this score and crank it out essentially and get it ready uh, in time for the release so he starts working on it and then just strange things happen uh huh Inside the house. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Anytime a writer goes to work in seclusion, I am yeah, immediately right. suspicious. Idea. There are people that show up just like, hey, just want to make sure you're good and ready. There's a yeah. uh, suspicious uh, greenskeeper that kind of reminds you at first of the greenskeeper from Pieces. Uh, not as Bluto not as or gross or looking or whatever. He was actually way more handsome, but like I, I feel like it's the same outfit. Anyway. 
Um, this movie is actually pretty good. <laughs> I was surprised. So I saw, I watched this last year yeah. during the F this, when I did yeah, F this, uh, movie, F this that- movie for, it was either the Jalos or Italian Horror Day. And, um, for June's exploitation. Yeah, June's exploitation yes. 2022. It was decent. Yeah, um, it, by all means, the movies that I am mentioning that it's definitely borrowing from are well, far yeah. superior to this film. But I will say that like um this giallo because it is giallo, it, it's a decent entry. It's probably like middle of the line entry. So if it's not the one that you want to show to convince somebody, uh, hey, this is a really cool genre. Let's check it out. Here's the Blade go- in the Dark. What's the gore like in this one? The gore, however, um, really good stuff. So good. Uh, the packaging, if you see it online or you have it at your home, uh, it has a picture of a woman's hand, mm. and you open it up, and that hand is split open. There is a kill like that. So. Nice. There's a couple of really good set pieces, and that's what I will say is that the set pieces almost feel on par with Argento, Argento. or a yeah. master of that genre, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but the 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 <laughs> the filling in between, or if you want to call the cracker, uh, between if you f- figure the sweet treat. I'm trying to equate this to an Oreo. Why am I trying to equate this to an Oreo? Real weird. I got the fever for the flavor of the cookies. Oh my god, I do love cookies. It's like Uh, a Costco chocolate chip cookie (laughs) with a side of a vat of M and M's. Oh my god. (laughs) A side vat? Give me cheese balls. It's like whenever you order uh, Hooters and you order a vat of tater tots. Actually, Uh I. Can't tell you the last time I've ordered from Hooters. Anyway, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, yeah, this is a very pretty, pretty average um, giallo film. What's great about it, though, is I think this is maybe Lamberto Bava's best kind of direction, specifically touching and paying tribute to his father. In far as far as the lighting is concerned, the cinematography of this film is really the fucking MVP. Okay. Um, there are a lot of lighting setups, and what's really great is the film starts off as a film within a film, which is one of my favorite things. Clearly, like one of the favorite tricks in the bag. And it, it kind of also, you know, like demons, obviously, right? That does it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I absolutely. I was enamored with this film. There's scenes that I'm like, oh man, there's really great stuff. But then it'll just come to a screeching halt and it gets really fucking boring at times. Yeah. Yes, it does. Welcome to Jallo. Yeah. But, well, (laughs) that's the thing though, is like, do you really think there's boring stuff in Tenebrae? There's maybe like a scene. I think you're really bearing the lead here in that um, the actor I'm biased. I don't know, man. that is yeah, Bob sure. from House by the Cemetery. Yeah, shows so up Bob shows up, and you're like, oh, fuck. It's going to be that movie? Uh, the score to this is really fucking great. Um, this is done by, uh, I forget, they, they actually go under a different funny kind of name like the Hershey brothers or something. I mm. I forget, but it's Guido and Maurizio for the Reese's pieces myself, <laughs> Guido and Maurizio, uh, <laughs> De La Angelis. Uh, it says in parentheses, iron master, but 
they go to something else and this score is fucking amazing um and maybe that's where my weakness is because you give me good cinematography and a good score i'm i'm gonna be pretty good no no really andy loves just aesthetics yeah yeah it's true we're talking about skin and marine so yeah (laughs) so anyway uh blade in the dark I would recommend it, especially if uh, you're kind of you've seen all the Giallo classics. Now you you know that you need to start watching middle of the road kind of stuff uh, or like bottom of the barrel stuff. This, I think, is middle of the road with a lot of expertise highlights. We'll we'll just say that. I think it's a good watch. Before we get into our main feature, uh, let's talk about our Fangoria affiliation for a second. You want to save some money? You want 20% off? Who doesn't? Of a subscription? You don't have a subscription? You could bill that monthly for $6.66 and get that. Or you can get something probably close to Jeremy's heart. I don't know if he's ordered this. The Leatherface... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 poster. Ooh. Using the artwork from their January 2023 issue. Oh. Huh. It's like a different color variant. And yeah. uh, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, um, is that done by Gary? Yeah, Gary. Ghoulish, Ghoulish Gary. Gary Pollen. So you can get that for 40 bucks, or you can use our discount code, DestroyTheBrain, at shop. Dot fangoria.com find that link uh, and you can get what math you can get it for $32 you can get math. wow <laughs> you, you get 20% off 20 yeah, you get 20% off of the price of any purchase yes okay you could buy slip cases you could buy shirts it's getting down to spooky season don't you I don't think Andy's ever sold a thing in his entire no. life no no well, you they heard me. are his treasures <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me trying to sell late night grindhouse shirts. Anyway, does anyone want this piece of shit? <laughs> does anybody that's, want that's this? That's him selling. <laughs> it's too much. I, know. Money. I feel guilty for trying to get you to buy this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, buy stuff at Fangoria. Shop. Fangoria.com. Use destroy the brain all one word as a discount code, and it'll get you twenty percent off. Or you can go to the ultra confusing shop dot fangoria dot com slash destroy the brain com slash fear dot com dot com oh that's not good yeah (laughs) 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 dot org okay let's get into our feature presentation in this house In this house. All right, we are talking about 2022's Skinamarink, which has recently been released on Blu-ray. Um, this was a Shutter exclusive that premiered earlier this year, but january 13th in theaters yes and i I feel like we have to talk a little bit about the release of this film 
um, because it's been just a little over a year since it premiered at Fantasia International Film Festival. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing about this film, but I did not do anything for Fantasia last year. And uh, I I kind of regretted that because I was hearing little murmurings about this movie. But I think it wasn't until like the TikTok viral stuff started happening. When people pirated when it. When people pirated the film. And we have a, a post that we posted around that time. Like, hey guys, let's not pirate this film. It'll come out. Just give it some time. So apparently somebody leaked a festival screener. I don't think it was from Fantasia. I think it was from some other film festival. And uh, the leak happened. But in a weird way, much like the public domain part of Night of the Living Dead, I think that has helped the film as far as getting it in front of as many eyeballs of horror fans as possible. Well, Shudder did step up because it did. was picked up by a smaller distribution company. Bayview and was like, Entertainment. Yeah. They're like, we'll put it in theaters for you. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so Shudder was like, okay, we're going to go ahead and, like... So the deal was, I think they were working on the deal, if I have my story correct, and I might not, but they were working on the deal and trying to figure out when to release it, and they, I think, came to the conclusion that they would release it Halloween this year of 2023. But then the the leak started... Like, what happened is it leaked already, and then TikTokers like we're just blowing this movie up and yes. in in that re, re, like in retrospect right it, it's it's one of those like let's protect our ip like this is shitty do we send cease and desist orders but it spiraled so out of control and it was also in the positive because more people were checking it out so shutter said okay here's what we're gonna do we're not gonna nix our deal because your film leaked we're just gonna push it up and they properly put it out in theaters. And yeah. It was nice that they did it uh, in theaters for a short run. Kind of wish I would have saw it in the theater. Um, but I watched it whenever it came I out. I don't know if I would have enjoyed this in the theaters because I would have had to deal with other people. I oh, yeah, for sure. Disagree wholeheartedly. Well, no, 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 yeah. no. I'll explain my reasons. Do you want me to do that now? Good. Okay, so the reason why I want to see this in the theater is that it is such an unconventional movie to play it in a theater where conventional movies typically play and to watch an audience that is really knowing, like, it's almost like a dead audience in a weird way because I feel like the they're hearing about this crazy movie that people are talking about on a social platform. And why is it so scary? And it, it's the new word of mouth. It's the new marketing. But I would say that at least half of the people that watch this film despise this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. So because, would I want to be in a theater with half the audience despising the movie? Probably and I remember, not. And I remember some people saying, you know, like people just eventually like gave up on it and started and so fucking with their that's, phones. That's why I, I, again, the reason I say wholeheartedly... I would watch this movie sitting in your living room by yourself. I also feel at night 
on a carpet. I feel it While plays your wife better. holds you and tells you it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it plays better at home, 100%. Yeah, I, I'm is, not, this is one of those rare occasions where Andy, I say, don't see in the movie. In the I'm theater. not saying I just wanted to see you shouldn't rent out. Marcus theater uh, and we, just me and you could sit in a theater just the two of us and yes oh, these, fuck, that would be creepy that, the audio alone would terrify the fucking shit out of me like no yeah I'm not saying I don't want to see it on the big screen you can like, only allow 13 I, people yeah I theater. know the audience and I know that this audience would be brutal like it would be a bunch of fucking people throwing tantrums and getting up and you know, yeah, I just imagine this wasn't. It's a very decisive movie. You either hate it or you I think like I, it. I would have been more interested to see it on the big screen more than anything and to see how the audience plays it. Would I want to see it that way the first time? Fuck no. And that's the odd thing is like, I'm glad I did what I did, which was just wait for the home video because I think the film, in context of it, plays better at home because it's a nightmare where you are stuck in your house. And yeah. the, the biggest, you know, I think we have to talk about the aesthetic. Do of we want to try to give a synopsis of the film? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we haven't talked about start, the film at yeah, all. Yeah, let's yeah. start with the backbone, I guess, right? Um, so the film uh, opens up with essentially a brother and a sister. Um, you, you don't really get the ages, but you can tell that the sister is the older sister. Yeah, um, she got bigger like, feet. She also has more developed like speech. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, what's what's odd about the aesthetic of the? I mean, we'll get to the aesthetic of it, but essentially, uh, there are hints of things going on with the parentals, and essentially, there's a little bit of lost time. Kids wake up, and they cannot find their father. Their mother is nowhere to be found, and there are shots that suggest that windows are disappearing. The toilet disappears. Door. And the door disappears. And so essentially you kind of get, uh, I don't, the first thing that came to my mind when I started watching this was a uh, house of leaves, that book uh, from the early two thousands, like the five minute long mm-hmm. hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a, that's a story about a house that kind of morphs within itself. Doesn't and the book also morph throughout? Yes. Like you yes. have to twist and, and turn. I still have it. not finished that book because so it's... So Grave Encounters different. is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's actually what I thought. Yeah. When, when you kept seeing the doors and windows yeah. disappear, I'm like, they do that in Grave Encounters. That's yeah. how they get trapped in the building. So seeing this like for the first time made me think back to home videos where it is very clear that me a toddler was holding the camcorder mm-hmm. and yeah. just all of the angles aren't of anything that looks significant to right. us right so that just gives like a whole feeling that makes you immediately go to the level of the children and see everything as like a oh it's a mom and dad they don't have names right they're mom and dad and we don't see any faces. It's, it's, it's Muppet yeah. Babies. What's interesting yeah. about it is we never see faces until we certain times. <laughs> and it, Well, those are the most important moments, yes. right? Um, be, it, it, as a narrative, as just a narrative, that's the only time we see those faces. Everything else is kind of suggestive. Um, so there's a couple of things, like, I think that make the film great, but I feel a lot of people feel that it detracts from 
an actual narrative because Correct. to be quite honest, there isn't really a narrative. This is one of those types of, th- and I'm a fan of this where it's a capture of a, of a nightmare or a capture of a day in a life. Like it's I love dream, day in a life shit. Right? It's dream logic. Yeah. But yeah, it's there's liminal. Oh, there's totally yeah. more oh, to yeah. it. Right. But it's, it's four year old. I don't dream need logic. This like, is one of those movies. Yeah. Like I said earlier, um, I am definitely more of an aesthetics. And if you can establish a mood that I can fully immerse myself in, mm-hmm. I am down. You you have my body. You have my eyeballs. <laughs> you have my ears. I am going to follow you till the end of this movie. You can win me over with sound design. You can win me over with cinematography. In this case, what is interesting about this film and the way it's delivered is the aesthetic of being an unconventional movie. Like we said earlier, you do not see the faces of our actors. We see the feet. We know they're children just by the speech, which the also height, has the to height be... height of the camera, yeah, too. Yeah, and the ca- and height of the camera. And everything's shot in different angles. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not pointing at the subjects. We're just observing. It's this weird kind of voyeuristic feel to the film. And it's set in 1995, which I think is also pretty important because I, I don't know... What's interesting is that the first people to talk about it are definitely of an age group that I... I think I reevaluated and I'm like, I'm interested why this really hit home because for me it hit home for nostalgic reasons. I always had a TV on. As like soon a TV as like, was always on. And like people that had like finished basements and they would go downstairs and watch TV just to like get away from the room or not wake up their parents. They would go downstairs and for whatever reason, I guess soundproofing was better back then. Or maybe it was the fuzz carpet downstairs. But you could watch stuff and stay up until like 4 o'clock in the morning and not really know it because you're in the basement. Maybe you didn't have windows or it was just so dark. And that whole seclusion and the fact that you can turn like our our safest place, I think everybody would say is probably home. And the fact that you can turn a home against them is always a frightening subject. So the fact that they did this in such a unique way just drew my attention like I was hooked and and then the whole aesthetic the visual aesthetic and the sound aesthetic really had me guessing um in a weird way I feel like and I know it's not but it feels like a found footage film because it has some of those same aesthetics um well ideally it's something supposed to be a found footage film right like kind of but kind of not right uh other than the supernatural elements you see i think this is this is a direct like i want to say like it's not a pov but like Mm. it is a pov of the boy basically existing and dealing with i mean head trauma at first and then (laughs) I guess. Well, and um, then having, and then the story just keeps getting stranger and stranger. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of theories about what this movie is about. It's technically, I would say it is a sleepwalking nightmare about a child dealing with abandonment and isolation. And, and I think that is something that why it resonates with people, my age, your age 
is that we are latchkey children. We yeah. are the children of the late seventies, early eighties, and I feel like that. You know, oh, by the no, he's early. Okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we are the first generation of kids that parents both worked or things of that nature. Parents got divorced. A lot of you know that was happening towards the seventies and eighties. <clears throat> I just think the overall context of this is this is a child's perspective on understanding the things around them, even though they might be traumatic, they might be, you know, serious, but it's bits and pieces. You're not getting all context because they're self-involved. They're playing with their toys while, you know, somebody's being taken to the hospital. They're playing with their, you know, they're watching cartoons while, you know, maybe something very terrible is happening. Right. Um, I, I think it's just so interesting because there's so many ways you could go with this. Well, and then there's also like the child abuse angle too. I've heard that, I have but a hard time. With I don't. That see I that. think what happened is that the presence or whatever that's in this home like tricked the kid to either fall over the banister and yeah. walk on the stairs, or yeah. he yes. just made the floor disappear, and the kid just like fell through the floor. And I think that's further enforced with the knife right. incident, right? Right. I think. My theory about this movie is that they're going to Betty by. It's the dad. He's by mm-hmm. himself. The mom is gone. I think the mom is gone in the beginning of the movie. I think she's yeah. either not living there, and that's who he or calls. She's working, or, or the, and that's who he calls you know, to say the kid hit his head. I think head. that's my first initial thought. I'm going to say I think solidly that the mother is at work, gone, yes. divorced, dead. I don't know. It might not have been the mother who got called. It might have been a uh, grandma or somebody yeah. else. Um, so we don't know that. But I think it's either kid gets hurt, he gets in a sort of a like a coma, yeah, or something of that nature. Because it it talks about not having stitches, but it doesn't actually talk about the injury. Like he could have gone into a vegetative state after the fact when he's back in bed and this are just the dreams that he's having sure it could be you know like that's what i'm saying i like this because it has no answers you're hearing a story from a four-year-old child it doesn't make sense it's scary it has things that he cares about it has toys it has cartoons why is that so important why is that part of the dialogue it's because it's important to a four-year-old right that's what he was doing to entertain himself while he was terrified yeah that's how he copes Right. right yeah what's really interesting though is so the aesthetic of the film is it's all shot it's not monochromatic but at times it feels like because it is it's so dark heavy, because it's heavy so dark blues, heavy red blues, sometimes and it's definitely intentional because you can see how it's lit in a weird way it's essentially like a light is attached to the camera you know that light moves with the camera but it's also got like this I hate to say it because it's totally an Instagram term, but or I guess it's an Apple thing. Lo-fi grain where it's like it's artificial and it's blatantly artificial. It's like got that out of focus ring where it's anyway, it's just littered throughout the film. And it coupled that with how it's shot and the fact that it's pointing at I mean, a lot of times it's pointing at the corners and sometimes the camera isn't at a child's level and I haven't figured that out. Or Be- when they're upside down or if they're... No, no, no. There's sometimes there's like a mid shot um, okay. where you'll still see like the, the boob light in the hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I still haven't figured that out other than it's just 
all we're doing is essentially looking at the corners of the house. And yeah. if you really, you know, as I said, you don't really see a lot of vases. There's two faces you see in the movie and they're both altered. Um, you, what if the camera is pointing at the subject, meaning the house? What if it's pointing at the darkness? What if because... it's pointing at the figure? And it's like, what I love about this movie and why I also feel why I mentioned the found footage thing is found footage has that thing where it's like, Oh, we're only limited to what the frame can do. We are not allowed to see outside the frame. Mm. And unfortunately, because found footage is supposed to be real, we might not get that luxury. We might just hear things. That's why the Blair Witch does so well. And why it's successful. Blair Witch Project, I should say. Um, Skinner Marine kind of utilizes that technique in a weird way where like we want that camera to pan up. We want to see what these kids are doing. We want to, you know, see what's going on, what, what's accompanying the physical actions to what we're hearing, which mind you, what we're hearing is usually muffled. Oh, yeah. and it is, it is so strange because some things are subtitled and I can kind of hear them clear, clear as day. And then some things are not subtitled and I can't hear them at all. And I think that's just part of it because essentially the the film for the majority of it is the kids waking up and just probably being out of it and they can't they can't make sense of what's happening they also you know they're also young kids taking care of each other and let's talk about like the fact that the house slowly but surely loses utilities yeah Yeah. loses the bathroom they pull those buckets out and he goes gross yeah (laughs) and and like the power the power works on the tv most of the time and the vcr which says error i found that i actually paused it so i could read it it says error yeah um so it's erroring but yet playing cartoons um and the tv works but no other lights in the house is working they're having to use a flashlight to go Mm -hmm. from room to room and they're actually you notice that they just click it real quick because i think they're running out of battery i think they got to the point where they're like utilizing like resources they all they have left yeah they have to drink juice boxes because there's no water they have to well they're also kids i don't think they'd be like i I think the water doesn't work because that's why they didn't have a toilet either though i think they're i don't think their utilities work in the house okay Except for the TV, and because I think they don't live, I don't, I don't think this is real. It's I think no. like a liminal a, zone or something. A liminal existence, yeah. right? That's why the doors are gone. It's a dream state. He's a sleepwalking child who had a head concussion. I think this is what he ends up getting into. Maybe he dies at the end. I don't know. Well, there's there's also that theory of like uh, he's in a comatose state, right? And and he's just essentially stuck in a purgatory of his own mind. Right. Um, but then there's also people that feel like it's purgatory for, for children because it's a child dying and it, you know, you can run into that theory that the dad was there, but the dad also said everything was fine, but then he leaves, but then he leaves. So was it fine? Was it fine? (laughs) And what I love, no stitches, but well, to you know. to who lets a kid who hit their head go to bed? Right, right. You keep the child up because that's what happens when you have a concussion. You can't go to sleep. Right. I've had 
plenty of them. And time <laughs> doesn't exist, really? so we don't know if this <laughs> right. was days. We yeah, don't know if true. he fell on the stairs and right. it's a day later and the guy's coming back. We don't know that. Like, right. We don't. They, technically, the only time we ever get is the 572 we're, days at the very end of it. We're only getting <laughs> little bits of information. So as the audience, we're also disoriented. And I think what we're seeing visually is a kid's disorientation, which is even worse than what we can like kind of make heads and tails just because of our years yeah. of experience. But these kids, they've never really taken care of themselves. They only know like, Oh yeah, we get a juice box when we're thirsty. So we'll just get I a, brought juice you box. a juice box. And yeah. then, and then like they're only you. eating dry cereal. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing uh, that, that was a line that Kaylee says, I'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I liked that Niles briefly touched on was about the cartoons. So mm-hmm. it, on the second watch around this morning, we noticed that there's a lot more storytelling with the cartoons. They are yeah. not playing yeah. randomly. Um, no. So as somebody who loves animated, you know, anything for the most part, like I feel like I was raised by the TV. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. can sure, relate. Sure. Guys. Um, but cartoons always brought me a lot of comfort and helped me to make sense of what might be going on in my well, life. Well, they were educational. Right. Or, you know, gave you a moral and whatever. So it's just interesting to see the parallels between what's going on in the cartoon and you can pull assumptions because we don't have solid storytelling from our four-year-old narrator, you know, well, quote what's unquote also narrator. Inter- yeah, what's also interesting is the cartoons, what's happening in the cartoons is essentially happening Right, in the, the, the little babies go to sleep, Yep, they turn yes. into angels, the, the one that uh, there disappears is a bug on that the is loop. trapped on the spider web, they're trapped in the house, there's just... The mm, doors delicious. opening, which is so also the same cartoon in yeah. Twilight so Zone, the movie. Those, um, <laughs> the cartoons, at least, uh, at least two of them are by Ubai Works. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the co-creator of Mickey Mouse and was the animator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for um, like the what was that? Balloon like Land, Mary Melodies, or something um, that with like the that. farm, the farm. Silly, what it's called. Um, silly he did do, yeah. So he. Uh, did skeleton dance mm-hmm. um but a lot of all of these cartoons i know through peewee's playhouse through the right. king of cartoons because he would show you know public domain yep. um Valid. shorts yep um but yeah this watch i noticed especially with like the rabbit that kept disappearing and the dog yes. trying to yep. find him it's like oh okay yeah and it, it there's there's a lot of stuff those cartoons are also kind of just it makes you wonder like are are the kids seeing these cartoons are they seeing what's on the tv and is it a device that's essentially trying to communicate with them like hey this is what's going to happen right or y'all are dead yeah you know it or yeah (laughs) it could be like a coping thing like here here let me explain it in a term or something that you will understand and when you really think about that hopefully you haven't turned it off by this point but if if you really think about that i'm like man there's a lot to this movie that i feel the people that dismiss it from the whole aesthetic portion of it it's a damn shame because i think there's a lot to read into this film and the fact that a film like this can produce so many different theories and really make you think as a viewer 
is just fascinating. And I, I, I feel like it's a really important film for the genre. It's re- I mean, let's be honest. It's very much like David Lynch. David Lynch lives movies hanging, right? He for sure. creates something that's visually appealing, like especially like Mulholland Drive. Like It leaves you not knowing what the fuck you just watched, but you knew you... I enjoyed it. Right. So I feel the same way about this. It's all aesthetics, obviously, and there is no solution. You can think what you want, because technically, even my theory about this doesn't bring up the physicality of him stabbing his eye and then the blood that you see in the hallway. All I can think of is maybe he was in the coma, then sleptwalk to kill Somebody, I'm thinking it probably his sister, Um, because she was upstairs uh and she was not acting right. And he told her or told him that he was she was not acting right. And I think that he went and killed his sister. I think that's what happened. And then stabbed his own eye. And did he really call the police? It sounded like a real operator. It did. So is that maybe a little too compassionate, but it's Canadian. Right. But was that real? Is he sleepwalking? Is he awake? I don't know. You know, that's that's why I said it can be anything. But isn't that kind of that's kind of a great thing. I know it's not tight. It doesn't give you know, it doesn't wrap things up, but it leaves you thinking and questioning at least like feeling films don't need to be like linear or wrap up in a certain way. But But there are no. And I think there are. But I think people like there's always people who they don't like things that aren't yeah. what if it's not their expectations they bring to it yeah they're like i'm out and yeah. i guess that's always kind of disappointing um, imagination right it's the reason people don't like paranormal things of that nature well but yeah i'm and that's why i was talking about the found footage stuff because i feel like you gotta there are people yourself. that will really like found footage because it kind of engages into your imagination. You want to believe. Like paranormal activity, right? Yeah. You know something's going to happen once that shot happens. And you know that because you've experienced that before. Right. And then there's other things you can catch. Like Lake Mungo is another mm-hmm. interesting yeah. found footage film where like, you go back and watch it, you'll find hints. All over. Everywhere. Now that you know your point A to mm-hmm. point B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair Witch Project. That's all yeah. imagination. Yeah. That's all fucking that's how, imagination. That's how I felt in the second watch of this. It, it was, I I definitely saw the cartoons more. I was like, oh my god, they're telling us what's going on. Yeah. And then yeah, then trying to decipher of the reviews I've read on what they assume is happening. Which one do I believe? And I still don't have a definite answer. And, and I'm I don't okay think with there, that. I don't think there I don't is, think there one, is just one answer. Yeah. Even though, what I will say is nobody had the chance to. <laughs> Watch it with the commentary. No, even though we both, I want to. I, Jeremy, do you own the Blu-ray or no? I do not. I okay. Uh, I know. Well, <laughs> I ordered the. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Jesus. I ordered the tape from Lunch yeah, Meat be because cool. hell yeah, I've got the Disney That's the way to watch it. Disney Princess TV, <laughs> and I was like, I gotta gotta get that aesthetic. Oh yeah. Um. Well, we'll tweet that. We haven't whatever. really. <laughs> well, when I get it, I'll yeah, I'll have some fun with it. Um, we haven't really mentioned. The writer director Kyle Edward Ball. No, we haven't. Um, and that like, this is that's why you're here. This is something me. stuck in his brain. It yeah. seems like I mean he well, shot he this in his childhood film. home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's, I don't know what. <laughs> like I, I mean, and that's why I mean the first time I watched this, my first impressions when I got done with it was 
this tapped into something that's been dead for a long time. Yeah. This is waking up around kindergarten, scared out of my fucking mind. I'm on the second floor with my sister. My parents are downstairs in their room. I'm going to go grab whatever I can grab as fast as I can and hide underneath my sister's bed because there's something in this dark yeah. that is trying to communicate with me, trying to get me, whatever. It's the imagination of a child. Yeah. And it taps into that fear center that probably doesn't exist anymore. I don't wake up in the night scared of a dark corner anymore, but because I'm there to protect. Correct. <laughs> thing. Well, the things that's for the most part for people, the things that scare them as a child, they realize uh, can't or, you know, what you find scary changes you like. Right. Minus the people who are like afraid of clowns and will always be afraid of clowns. But, um, wow, shots fired. <laughs> well, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's you? not as obvious. Uh, yeah, I am scared of clowns. No, I, it's, I don't mean it like in a bad way, but in terms of like, well, you know, I was afraid of the dark as a kid, and then so I was like, I don't really... I th- well, that's what I was saying earlier. It's the isolation, abandonment feeling yeah. is, is because you don't know what's going on with adults, right? Adults yeah. are making decisions and doing things that you don't know. Right. You're too busy watching cartoons and yeah. playing with Legos. Where do you think so, dad is? Right. Where is dad? <laughs> but they also, that's a thing adults do is like, well, sh- if they're dealing with yeah. someone's like, hey, can you just fuck off over here right. Right. while, you know, we figure this out? Yeah. Yeah, this... This movie was really good at reminding me of how I felt for a lot of my younger childhood years, which was just lonely and yeah. scared and terrified of the dark or what might be in the darkness in this movie. Every time it was just focused on the darkness, it was always I always got the feeling that the darkness was like staring back and that there was definitely yeah. something there. Well, it, I th- I think this film definitely captures that vibe of um, when you wake up at like two o'clock in the morning and you don't want to wake up your parents so you're really quiet right but you also know that you can't get to sleep or something and you have a TV on there's a serious thing yeah there's a serious thing going on here I better go in the living room with my blanket and just sit in there and deal with it until the demon gets out of my room right (laughs) I I never had a finished basement but I totally get that vibe where you know people would just retreat to the finished basement I mean like weekends that's where I would sleep yeah do we it, think this is their basement? Or no. Do we, no, no, no. I think this is but just a living room, like a den that maybe doesn't have windows. Right. But it's it, it captures that vibe of sneaking away and doing, you know, just the fact that you're up at like he went two to the o'clock fa- in the morning. Yeah, he went to the family room. Right. The most, but the, but the, the fact that you're up at two yeah. o'clock in the morning and you know you shouldn't be and you're trying to be sneaky about it and not wake up your parents, it somehow captures that feeling. Yeah. I feel that wood paneling in the hallway yes. and the stairs reminded me so much of my grandma's old house. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I love that staircase. That, I know how it curves. I, I <laughs> it's funny because I like architecture, so I like I was looking at this film. I'm like, oh wow! And there's a lot of stuff that's happening with like liminal spaces right yeah. now in in horror and online stuff. You know, online creepy pasta. I guess I I feel like that's an old term now. Um, but like there's reddits and there's like the back rooms which just got picked up for I a24 they're gonna develop a film but it's a yeah you know web series essentially um I think there's just interesting th- things at play as far as um 
striking or trying to emulate nostalgia, which is really just a easy gateway for people to kind of scare the shit out of you. And yeah. that's that's why I think Skinamarink for me works. It's not going to work for everybody. And I think that's very fair to say. I, I feel that the people that would be defending this film saying it's the best film, you know, the best horror film of the year and not listen to people say, well, I didn't really care for it because it's all aesthetic. You have to understand that some people don't like that. They need a narrative. They need some sort of structure. And you also have to understand that like some people don't watch movies the way that a lot of us do. I feel like, some, yeah, some people, <laughs> they do it wrong. That's what you mean. Well, you watch movies wrong. They don't accept the feelings they that are being given to them. They don't have don't give a shit. Sit, you know? relax, I mean, okay. put your phone that. away, just but whatever the thing. movie tells you to do when you go see a movie, do that at home. I feel like it's a, it's one of those movies that you have to immerse yourself in and you have to just 100% dedicate to your to it. And some if it's not your vibe, it's not your vibe. But yeah, I really really think this is definitely going to be in my top five of the year can we talk about uh the phone the play school phone oh yeah before we talk about the phone because that's a little deeper i want to just go to the beginning really quick just because it's also related to toys okay yeah yeah in the very beginning of the movie they show kevin's bedroom door and it's just a tiny space oh yeah door slightly ajar and there's just legos everywhere yeah that is when the moment had me for nostalgia because i was like this could have been my bedroom like i have very vivid memories of having all of my legos in my bedroom all over the floor and that it felt like i could have been in this house i immediately felt like i was a little kid in the space and i just i felt so much for kevin and for kaylee yeah and the phone as niles will mention yeah the phone (laughs) That get you every time. That eyeball phone trick they do. Yeah, the it got it gets me good. He so, Do we want to talk? So I think for most of us, would you say that it was scary because it was drawing comparisons to like how you grew up and it puts you in that sense of being a child again and being scared when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I feel like you also need to talk about the scares of the film, which are literal jump scares yeah there's just jump scares yeah, there, there, sure. are, there are the one that got me and the ones. dog last night was when kaylee screamed not the dog yeah. Yeah. yeah uh and then she what got her was when um one of them is running like away oh and, yeah like the footsteps uh-huh. she was like who's here <laughs> so i had to after after that i was like all right gotta pause put her outside and then uh let her up to the bedroom and I was like you're going to bed <laughs> right it's too yeah, scary for this is too scary for you it was. Um, I I forgot about the the Barbie doll or the doll one <laughs> that got me real good <laughs> when I watched it last night um because I I remembered it like laid on that shot which was such a weird shot I'm still trying to make sense of it because Rin, I know you touched on it. Like some of those angles are definitely from a child's point of view, right? Or it's like the camcorder was just left somewhere, but and it's just yeah. getting, but getting this, that shot. This shot has perplexed me, and I've seen the film twice now. Right? Um, how it starts 
at one side of the room and essentially it just pans up and out and then now we're on the ceiling and, and then, then we're, we're now the we're upside down yeah we're on the ground which again i i think you know it's just another shot to reinforce the disorientation mm-hmm. you know narrative where we're just trying to fuck you up you know we're we're trying to make a home as foreign as possible well, for you as a viewer too the scene where they're upside down all the toys have been shoved into the corner and you just right. keep pulling back and pulling Ugh. back to an endless hallway right yeah. like that's obviously well that's that's after the what 572 days <laughs> which i still haven't deciphered shit, that either shit gets weird yeah he they've been trapped there for that long i don't know and i don't and know. i think that's when like the coma theory comes into play yeah I'm going to laugh if the commentary just reveals everything. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't want it to. Like, that's also kind of... And so you don't have to okay listen to it. it. Like, yeah. So with the inexplicable camera shots that we get, I think we could, if if we are to assume this is a found footage film, we could always assume that it's the entity yeah. flipping around the camera. Because yeah. it straight up says, I can do anything. He can. Yes. I can, they do, can anything. do anything. Yeah. And there's very interesting lines that are said, and that's one of them. Like, I can do anything. The mother's like, okay, are we dealing with an imaginary friend thing? Or what's happening? Or are we dealing with an entity? And this is like some odd kind of possession story. I feel like this is just multiple layers that you could take away from this film. And that's what I see out of it. A lot of people are just like, oh, it's a movie shot through an Instagram filter. Fuck yeah. off. Lame. Well, yeah, is it is the entity Frank from Donnie Darko? I mean, is it, is <laughs> yeah. it one of those? Right. It's telling him what to do. It's giving him pre- which premonitions. Was, it's which telling... was an allusion to right. psychosis. Correct. So, I don't know. Head trauma does a number on some kids, I guess. When he does jump jump down the stairs or whatever, yeah. he's counting it down like he yeah. knows he's going to do it. I find it it's what is talking to him before that or what is motivating other than like the, you know, Kaylee saying that he's sleepwalking. Is that part of his sleepwalking? I don't right. know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm only I'm but I'm OK with it. Yeah. I, but other people are not. I, I I've talked to some people that I think have very good taste in film or movies and whatever. They they do dumb it down to saying, yeah, it's just a bunch of angles of a cool '90s house and some cool toys for nostalgia and yeah. not much else. And I'm like, yeah, but like, how did you watch it? And they're like, oh, it was middle middle of the day. I was sitting with my wife. We were playing on our <laughs> phones. And like, yeah, it's fucking horribly boring. Then. Yeah, I I feel like you do have to watch this movie. In a certain in way. a dark yeah. and like at a certain time, honestly, I, I feel like this is uh, one of those really creepy midnight movies. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I midnight. fell asleep the first time I saw it. Oh briefly. my god, you could yeah. sleep? No, um, so yeah, let's no. talk about that because like I, I so I, I did will start say it, I got a little slip, um, sleepy last night when I started watching it. I did start it uh, around midnight on my first watch, Ooh. and because I was like, I didn't have work. Uh, the next day party boy <laughs> party boy watching skin Marine, uh and just lulled me to sleep for a little bit yeah it's, it's like it's the beginning jammies, of it bro um, it's the crackly it was the, yeah my sound. footy pjs <laughs> yeah <laughs> lulled me to Your sleep <laughs> no i do uh, think like that that i mean it's it's almost like white noise <laughs> mixed yeah. in with i kind of vinyl aesthetic yeah i do think 
maybe it's unpopular that it's a little long. Yes, I agree. But it just fills you with that much more dread. (laughs) I I also kind of agree with that. I think it wants to give you that feeling of we've been here for... It is a short film. Everyone who said to me, it could have just been a short film, I go, yes, it could have. It is. But I don't know... I meant like... Like a short... Oh, Oh, well. That's that's the short film. He made a short film as a proof of concept. I would would tell the people, say, well, you should have watched the short version. I'll prove your concept. Wow. But do you, I mean, I, I have no problem with the runtime. I don't either. I was getting, a, I was, but I can't argue I that it could be a short story last or a night. short movie. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Yes, it could be. It could also be longer. I don't know. Could be. A could I live in that world for three hours? Sure. Why not? <laughs> could you just keep scaring the crap out of me every once in a while? Yeah. Easily. Why not? Yeah. Easily. <laughs> what other eye? You got another That's eye. That's not a high cliff to You climb. got another eye. Go ahead and stab that too. Cut off your mouth. Jesus. So, yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, the I had, uh, before we started our rewatch of Skin and Rink this morning, I played a brief clip from Toy Story 3. Because oh. there is the little chatty phone in that. Oh, yeah. and oh. He runs Woody through like a whole game plan, and it was just kind of like a little. Funny, it is funny because it is creepy because he like comes out of the darkness, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god! I was like, Andy, you got to play that clip like right. as like a teaser. <laughs> I'll I'll see what I can do. Okay. I, I know she, we watched the little oh. clip on YouTube, so I don't know how long you can get away with, but yeah. you, you just need to think the phone well, coming out yeah. of the dark. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. You could at least post that as the picture. <laughs> For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. People will be so confused. We're talking about Skin and Marie. Is that Toy Story that. three? Is that Woody? <laughs> Why are they is in a preschool in movie? But yeah, um, cool. So high recommend. I I think, like I said, I think it's gonna land in my top five. I recommend it, and if you don't like it, I totally get it, man. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not for everybody. Nope. All right. Well. That's that's it. That's that. That's it. So Good job, guys. again, uh, don't forget about the twenty percent off at Fangoria. You can go to shop.fangoria.com slash destroy the brain com, or you could just be really easy and go to shop.fangoria.com and just put in the discount code of destroy the brain, all one word, and you'll get twenty percent off at any purchase. Uh, follow us on Letterbox at letterbox.com slash destroy the brain. You can find us on other social media pr- platforms like X. Remember when we recorded that last episode before it Stop. changed? We no. should like I not even say that we no. have. We don't yeah. either of them. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, why the fan? fuck? So then don't plug it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so plug Alon like he did to his own scalp. All of our social media, uh, Instagram and other things at support.destroythebrain.com. You can find all our links there. Also, uh, what else? Yeah. August 18th and 19th, next weekend, we're doing a late night grindhouse double feature, back to class double feature, called, uh, well, we're showing two movies called Class of 1984, directed by Mark Lester. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. Got a young Michael J. Fox in there. Uh, and Roddy McDowell, and it, it's really good. I think uh, y'all will enjoy it if you've never seen it. And then we follow it up, just trying to make people happy after that one, 
with uh, Rock and Roll High School, which is essentially the Ramones musical, if you've never seen it. Hell yeah. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, yeah, you got to go back to school, some of you. Um, some of you, you know, don't because you're adults, which is probably most of our Adults go back to school, Can I too. just go shop for school supplies uh, and that just was this go? Weekend. You better do it. It's this weekend. Get <laughs> that tax-free, baby. Tax-free. Apparently, it's only up to uh, $50 oh, at yeah. a time. They changed it. Yeah. Then why, like... The state of Mo, baby. Yeah, so on our Letterbox HQ, we have the crew portion, which will have everybody's own individual Letterbox, if you want to follow that. Okay, uh, next episode, we will be talking about Class of 1984, so uh, which is episode 94. Damn, 10 off. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for catching up there. Well, yeah. Uh, we also uh, will have another late night greenhouse in September. Let's talk about October just a little bit because I know y'all are probably starting to form up your calendar. I'm just waiting October. for you to tell me what we're doing. Thanks. So October 13th, we're doing this weird thing with our uh, some of our favorite bands in the St. Louis area. With Lion's Daughter, we're celebrating their Bathhouse CD release party at the Red Flag. Uh, tickets are on sale. We'll have a link in the show notes, so be sure you check out the show notes. Um, it'll be tons of fun. We're we're it's gonna be weird, uh, but yeah, Lion's Daughter is headlining, and then you have Hell Knight, and then Spinal Fetish, and then uh, Late Night Grindhouse is also kind of acting as a band, so we'll have like a trail trailer reel of outrageous vintage trailers. outrageous so uh we'll be on site i think and uh well i know you i'll think be there. I'll, I'll be, be there. there yeah uh, i mean i don't know if i'm doing <laughs> like i don't do know it. if we're doing a booth or something but um I we'll be there so I'm there for the show so, <laughs> no shit anyway we're doing that on the 13th and then i'm sure we're doing a late night greenhouse uh but more importantly the week after on the 20th not 27th whoops yeah we're doing horror trivia night and this is the the big one at the heavy anchor it's on a friday so it's not a school night and uh costumes are not only encouraged but rewarded with 100 points per that's team. right so your whole team's in a costume guess what 100 points we also have the uh non-brainiac round of oh my god and if you want to know what that is you gotta come on out october 20th go to horrortrivianight.com to register it's 10 bucks per team up to five players so you could have a really cheap date yeah okay anyway thank you all very much for listening to this nonsense goodbye bye goodbye